Welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is week 37. We are still in the first season of Lodge 49, although we're swiftly approaching the ending. It's amazing how much longer these shows last when we're not doing it five (laughs) days a week. Can you imagine? We'd still be in book one of Avatar. Can you imagine Lose Season 3? Yeah, can you? Yeah, no, we'd we'd all be dead. Like, oh yeah, I, I mean, I we definitely the podcast would be over. Yeah, I would have rage quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. A mid like Latoya mid recap. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I want to see of, of the recurring bits in this little podcast of ours. I, I want I want to see which sort of continue on. Um, I was not expecting the review where Latoya quits Riverdale, um, recapping mid sentence to be one of them, but yeah. But it is. Anyway, um, that's not the point. We're not talking about Lucifer Season 3 or anything else. We are talking about Lodge 49, Season 1, Episode 6? Is episode that right? Eight. Episode 8? Something yeah. from nothing. And uh, we should also oh, say, sorry guys for disappearing last week. Oh, Life yeah. happened. It was a holiday. You were all busy too, I'm sure. Yeah. So we're, we, we're sticking with the two days a week thing, but just last week got to be a lot. I mean, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I yeah. wonder it's all good. if other people had things going on, <laughs> even in this year. Um, so as a result of that little delay, it's been a while since uh, Kate and Noel have seen this one. I rewatched it, um, but I'm also a mess. So who knows how useful I'll be. Luckily, this is an episode where quite a lot happens. So there are some big memorable moments for us to talk about and one particularly memorable performance. So maybe we should start with Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Gary. But the where, where I mean, because Bruce Campbell's terrific. He's just spot on for, with this. But we're... I feel like I want to start with him is, oh, God damn it. What is wrong with you people? Why are you, just because someone tells you they're a con man doesn't mean they aren't conning you. Ah, come on, <laughs> do better. My favorite thing about all of that was, and then they paid me in Bitcoin. I'm just like, buddy, why did you get paid in Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> you're so bad at this but also now you're conning these two schlubs um yeah no um it's very much a a garbage person who tells you they're a garbage person still kind of a garbage person oh yeah <laughs> definitely a garbage person but a really interesting one because uh-huh. of this like odd mix of greed and self-loathing like he's just self-aware enough to know what a piece of shit he is. And then he just keeps polishing that turd. Like it's a fascinating place for a character to live. Yeah. Um, and I think makes for a really interesting episode, especially given the ways in which the, the contrasting, but oddly similar lives of the Dudley twins are continuing apace. I think that he, he's particularly interesting as a focal point in, in this episode. Well, and because of what we see, uh, what we see Dud doing here, I can't enjoy Liz's win because I don't trust it because it's being so clearly paralleled. So it's like, well, I don't, this seems like this is much more straightforward, legit thing for her to be excited about. But the way it's being paralleled here, clearly it's also going to go tits up too. So like, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but maybe there's just be contrasted. But I just left the episode feeling very excited for and uh, therefore, and not trusting that in even the tiniest bit. Uh, so therefore, very apprehensive towards uh, everything that's happening in this episode, specifically with Dud and Liz. Yeah, and I think that gets to like one of the big 
takeaways I think I've had about this episode, and I think that's kind of relevant to the series as a whole, is that everything is a lodge, guys. Everything. It's all a lodge. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean this both like literally and metaphorically um, and allegorically. Um, (laughs) This idea that there's these weird rites of initiation for the lodge with the links, but then you've got corporate nonsense with inspirational pseudo nonsense speeches on television screens garlands and hair if you get a sec- accepted to the mingle the mingle the mingle <laughs> S- club club mingle club um, 96 um but it's all a lodge but so like orbis um lodge um the omni group lodge um i almost said unisphere but that's flight attendant but also a a lodge probably (laughs) um um but also just capitalism america all this stuff it's all a lodge which is own backroom dealings and its own way of greasing wheels and getting things done it's all a lodge which is another way of saying it's all a con um and it's just really fascinating to watch that kind of unfurl with, as you say, Kate, these parallel tracks of both of the both of the siblings going, yeah, we've got it. We've got it figured out. We're going to beat the system this time. After a year of not beating it, we've got it. We're, we're in. And it's like, oh, you sweet. And Ernie, too. And yeah. Ernie, too. Yes. And Ernie, as well. And it's very much you sweet summer children. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's that's really what hit me about this episode was that everything in the show right now is a lodge um, with various secrets and things. And I was just like, yeah, this is all really clicking into place for me. Um, I just really, really, really wish Liz would do something about her toe fungus. Yeah, but it's it's good on that guy for not being really freaked out by it. So good on him. But Liz is also very attractive. So toe fungus may not be a deal breaker. <laughs> well, and it's just not she's not gonna fix it because the, no. the toe fungus is a metaphor insurance. um and so therefore that's not going anywhere right. but um but yeah yeah that was a good good on him that was a very like ggg moment for him um back to gary it's so weird to think of him as as gary though the now, captain the captain um did did y'all into well, obviously Allison, you've seen this before but noel did you anticipate uh the level of the scam of this because i mean it tracks with everything we know but the way that it all ties in together i thought was pretty elegantly done and uh i chided myself for not having the imagination of you know the guys in the van with the gift basket <laughs> leave the bread um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, what I really like is the bad layers, and by bad I mean really inept layers of con that are now beginning to become clear. Um, so this this idea that Gary's knows he's being con, and he thinks that they know that he knows that they're be, he's being con, so he can just because he's got a guy mm-hmm. over at City Hall because captains always have a guy. Um, so watching him just go, I'm going to con them. And now I've got these two guys on the hook. Yeah. Um, and it's just all not going to work. It's just all not going to work for any of them. And I'm very excited to watch that all collapse. But at the same time, I also am going to feel so bad when it all does collapse. Maybe not so much for the captain, because, you know, Bruce Campbell's slimy charisma, um, while makes him just deeply compelling, 
he also broke into that house. <laughs> yeah. Super uh, creepy. Super creepy. Um, but, oh man, his big hug to Dud and just explaining everything was so good and wonderful, but also maybe it was just a con. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't trust the captain. Well, and it could be true and good and wonderful and a con, right? Right, exactly. You're sort of blowing my mind right now, Noel, because we arrived at a lot of the same conclusions, but you're just going a little bit further, which is (laughs) then opening these other like secret lodge rooms. I've got a a big board right over here off screen. (laughs) It just because then you think about like what Liz is doing does seem like a a wise choice yeah it's creepy but the money and the insurance so like it can't possibly be a bad idea that's you're absolutely right a lodge right like you see in the connect in the um i was thinking a lot about jocelyn wearing the blindfold in lodge one and then also being the guy who's like listen it's a job i'm an accountant my aunt knew a guy so like it's just it's just work for me right um Thinking about that in comparison to Liz wearing the thing on her head and doing whatever she needs to do because she wants this job. So she knows it's all bullshit. But if talking about her dead parents is something that's going to get her a job, then great. Um and all, and that seems to make sense, right? Like I understand why she's making those decisions, but then you look at the guys in like, the omni basement building their tools and breaking their things and and here we see that interview right where they're sort of like both they need a project and that's not all that different it's just that we know that those are futile we know that they're desperate attempts to feel better or connected or accomplished um and the only person who doesn't seem to need to feel that is dud although obviously liz's response to all of that is complicated too anyway point being noel you're killing it <laughs> i'm having so many new thoughts about this episode uh, and it's really delightful uh, marcus says i wonder what kind of workers comp jocelyn would get if he got injured while blindfolded um I, yeah i don't know how that, those rules work in the uk so uh but yeah that is you and if i recall the space there isn't much you could bump into but I have a feeling that with the luck that Jocelyn seems to have, he could still find a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Poor Jocelyn. Uh, poor Jocelyn. Um, the other, like when, when you talk about the interview that we see, like a different show, it would be like, okay, you're just waiting for Connie to break this all open and get the big scoop and reveal the shady characters and then save the day. And uh, maybe Allison's thirsty or maybe she's mm. not. She's just—it's just, it's She's just coffee. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, but that's just not—that's not this show. And so I like—I—I'm enjoying that scene as it's happening, and then just sort of picturing the tangent into a different show would be like, "This is your chance, Connie. Just keep digging. You'll find it because you're an investigative journalist, and that's what happens for investigative journalists in uh, these kinds of shows. And then they get the big break, and then you know they get the good health insurance so they can get their you know, disease that she's dying from or whatever, magically healed in the last act. Um, but it's just not that show. It's not that show. Um, it's, I don't know. That that just tinges all of these scenes for me. Yeah, like, I mean, it's very, I was very, both of the times I watched this episode, very sad. It For an episode that's so funny, and it is really funny, 
it's profoundly depressing because it's all about hopelessness and like cheap plastic hope, right? Yes. Like it's yeah. and there's no in between. And because even though you wanted this to be the decision that Liz made, right? You wanted her to start making choices for herself and in thinking forward-looking decisions. Um, but because it's so phony, it's so like, mm, like I used to work for a certain computer brand's um, very fancy retail chain, and we would get these long videos about the company culture and about all. And it's like, it's the same sort of shit that they made fun of on 30 rock. It's there. The falseness of it. Um, the obvious emotional manipulation of it makes it so disturbing, even if it's supposedly a good thing. So the one thing that seems like a good development is actually not like the toe fungus, right? We get a canoodling scene and it's about the toe fungus. Yeah. Well, because she's still at least making choices and this will blow up for her. It's not going to end happily, I don't think. But depending on when that happens, even knowing that, she probably would make the same choice because if she gets a, if she gets a, to ride a huge salary for a while, that will help her with her debt and she'll, she will not be in a worse position. She heads out to start being a waiter at some other place or server at another place than where she was at before. Um, but you, they just, they do do a really good job of contrasting the energy and the dynamics at the kitchen at uh, Shamrocks versus everything that we see with everybody else, <laughs> anybody else who's drinking, anybody else who's, who's, uh, like interacting that is by far the most genuine scene we get and it's like you you want desperately to be like Liz don't don't leave this is these are people that actually care about you but if she doesn't she's not gonna end in a good place either there are no good choices the the thing about all of it is especially in Liz's case at least is that when it blows up it almost certainly will not be her fault Mm-hmm. is like that's the real tragedy to me anyway is like typically tragedy is when a character fails to act on some information that's been provided to them classically anyway um but here the tragedy is that there was no good way out and there's no good way forward there's no egress there's just more of the same almost and in her case it's going in Liz's case it's going to be that the best bad decision she could make was going through this corporate training when the entire thing may just collapse because some 25 year old doesn't actually know what they're doing, but managed to convince everyone just like the captain that they know what they're doing. I mean, they're doing a Theranos riff, right? They gotta be. Almost certainly. Yeah. Um, And that's a, that's a good pull actually. God, I haven't thought about Theranos since I watched that really good documentary about it. Um, uh, like last year or year before, but Theranos is a really good pull, Kate. Um, but yeah, well, no, the hair, yeah, and the turtleneck. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the turtleneck the, the is also inflection. a Steve Jobs thing, but yep. And then it's also obviously Six Sigma stuff too, right? I can't say anything bad about Six Sigma because Six Sigma classes help pay pay bills in this house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's <laughs> pay the bills, man. I just. Always think about handshakefulness um, as one of the the great made up words in sitcom history. 
have to Google that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's Six a Thirty Sig- Rock joke. Six Sigma yeah. is a running joke in Thirty Rock, but uh, one but of Six the Sigma is real. Six Sigma uh, is real, but handshakefulness yeah. is not part of it. Is not part of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. Um, well, and that's part of why, like Liz, at least is aware of that. And the character that we haven't really talked about yet that uh, I think is uh, having, like, I leave the episode most like worried about is I actually Ernie. Yeah, um, uh, is is Ernie because Ernie starts the episode with a clear view, and he ends the episode down the rabbit hole. And you would think, and I mean, obviously the captain or Gary is a big part of all this episode, but also lingering over all this is Larry. It's not a coincidence. It's Gary and Larry. There's no way that's a coincidence. And so to watch Ernie go from this experience of a betrayal and cold water and a harsh reality and the pain of that with Larry right immediately into being hoodwinked, uh, at, at least enough for now by Gary is it's really sad. He's not a good place guys. Yeah. And, but he needs it. Like he needs it to be real is the problem. Um, because like he's, he, he he caught he caught the car after chasing it for so long, but he didn't know what to do with it. And then he found out that it wasn't a car; it was a unicycle. And then went, but what if it was a bicycle, everyone? And he just went, yes, it's a bicycle now, yes. Um, and it's just it's rough to watch, but you know maybe he'll get to start sleeping with Connie again. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, we got to talk about that before we leave Ernie, though, because Kate, I think you're your point is really well taken. I think the thing that makes that so tragic for me and why I think Campbell's performance is so good is because you really want to believe it, right? It sounds really good. And the detail that does it for me, which is also my, maybe my favorite little design detail of the episode is that because he brings in the cockfighting money, um, which Dud still has splattered on his Mm -hmm. (laughs) t-shirt, like he's washed his face, but it's definitely still on his shirt. Yeah. Um, It really does sound like, they can't lose because it's right. just the money you want at cockfighting as though they didn't put in the money for that in the first place. Um, so it sounds like there isn't a way you get burned by this, which is of course the surest indication that there is. Um, and you want to fall for it too, right? They did put you- money in at cockfighting. I just assumed that it was all yeah. his money, but he gave them money to bid. No, they had cash. Right? How does Dud have money? He didn't have any money. They they got cash. I mean, for all we know, Dud went and pawned something, right? Okay. Like he seems to always get cash when he does. Um, okay. But it's but they definitely won they they specifically say they won thirty five hundred dollars each yeah. at cockfighting. Yeah. And that's the money that he's going to back for them, right? And take the cockfighting money. And then eventually they pay him back. Or they don't, and he, they don't lose anything, except right. for the cockfighting money. And who knows what else, right? Like, yeah. who knows what is actually going on here? So um, I just think, Cam, I think the reason that it's so effective is because it would be almost impossible to not believe it, even and maybe especially because he's all he just so readily admitted to what was happening, right? right. He, because he was so honest about it. Even I want to believe it. And I know, and I've seen it before. Like, I know that it's too good to be true. And I still wanted to believe it. 
Well, also because we know we're watching a show, and we know, oh, they need $300,000. They could never find raise that kind of money. Oh, shitty con guy shows up with two episodes left to go in the season who says he'll pay it off. That's how we can keep the Lodge in Lodge 49. And, like, it feels like the kind of thing that you accept more watching a TV show than you would in actual life. Um Sure. It's like, oh, that's how they're going to take care of that problem. Okay, and now they're going to lead into something else. Um, you know, so we'll see. But let's talk about Scott a little bit, because I really liked what we got for Scott. I still don't feel like I know him at all, but I really liked what we got from him in this episode. Me too. Um, I feel like this is a subject where I should maybe be a little more tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree. I think it's really interesting and casts the rest of the season in a slightly different light for Scott. Um, Noel, yeah. what was your reaction? Yeah, I, I like the implication that he just knew the whole time to a large degree, or he was just told now. But I like the impl- I like the idea that he just knew the whole time and was just kind of waiting for someone to say something to him. Or um, maybe they have an open relationship. We don't know. It doesn't well, feel Connie like that's has, the case. Connie has but, lied about it to Scott. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, she said she was at yeah. the store when she started. When she had her. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, because if that were also the case, I feel like Ernie's discussions would be different mm-hmm. about the relationship. Um, than oh, yeah. What... I meant maybe Ernie doesn't know that they're open, but okay. they know that they're open. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you're right. Okay. I forgot yeah. about that. And that yeah. could still, I, I, to be honest, do not remember. Um, so that could still be true. But for sure, she has lied to him about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is not what you do in an open relationship. That's non-ethical in that situation. It's non-ethical in most situations. But um, Yeah, so I like that implication that he just didn't, he knew, that he knew. And was just waiting for either the man he considers like one of his best friends, apparently. Uh, and his significant other to be like, so we've been doing this thing again after we stopped doing it in high school, but we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, I watched Peggy Sue got married for the first time over the weekend. God, that movie's great. Um, anyway. Um, so all of that, I think just really, again, shades everything, like you said, Allison over from the previous, from the previous episodes. Um, I don't know that it shades things enough. For me to feel like, to Kate's point, that I know Scott very well um, or have a sense of who he is. But I do think that it at least kind of illustrates that he does legitimately kind of care about Connie. And this episode in particular does a really good job of making that clear, I think, across the board. Um, But this idea that he i want her to be happy but i also want her to be happy with me but the only way for her to be happy with me is if she's sleeping with him i think is a really interesting (laughs) like thought process to have but also speaks to where what scott's priorities are and i think that's interesting for the the show to continue to suss out a little bit yeah and just following like it was just nice to spend some time with him thinking and just to watch him process and think. And anytime you want me to get more on board with a character that I don't know that much about and who has mostly been positioned as an antagonist, mm-hmm. showing them being really good at something is a good way to do it. 
So showing yeah. him practicing the drums, and he said, oh, "I mean, I don't, I don't know drums, but he sounds good. He seems like he knows what he's doing." And like in, in the like, yes, he has he's got this band that he plays with, um, but they are probably pretty darn good. And he's definitely good at what he does here. So it shows a dedication and a passion. It shows a focus. It shows years of like commitment to something. It says a lot about someone if they are if they have honed a skill of pretty much any craft over years of their life. Um, so adding, like giving us this time with him where he's not talking, but he's just playing the drums and you can watch him working through all the stuff and you can watch him being so upset, but also so worried and contrasting the aggression and, and like almost violence that's in, like you can see simmering in him in that scene with how he reacts when he comes to pick up Connie at the, the school. It's, it, it tells us a lot about him. It, it gives us a lot more context to those scenes and to how, you know, at least how I feel, how we're supposed to feel about mm-hmm. Connie and Ernie and Connie and Scott and Scott and, and Ernie, you know, it explains a lot why he was being a bit of a dick this whole yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I think is so smart about it is now it seems like the very most that you, it, it, assuming that it is hurtful to mm-hmm. Scott that this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that he is aware of this affair and that it is hurtful to him. And I think his performance in this episode um, justifies that assumption at this point, right? Um, that he knows about it and it is hurtful. If those things are true, then all of the dickish behavior of the past seven episodes stops being, wow, what a dick and starts being, that's about as much as anybody could expect in this situation. Mm -hmm. Like it's like just shy of absolutely being the bigger person. Instead, it's like, well, that's, that seems like an appropriate response and a pretty adult response to a terrible situation. And you have to question all of the assumptions that you made about him before then. I just think it's so smart. Yeah. And it's a good point in the season to do it, too. Two episodes left. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, Elson, you know. But, like, there's. I'm very curious where the season is going to end. I feel like I have no idea <laughs> where the season is going to end. You could not guess it. Mm-hmm. You could Okay. Okay. Can I try? Sure. Because I mean, they've, they've, they, you've introduced a harpoon gun in Act One. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. Check out harpoon. That harpoon gun. gun has to go off by Act Three. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe this is a good point to talk about the title of the next episode then since you will actually be speculating unless if either of you have anything you want to add about something from nothing or marcus if you have any other thoughts you want to share just stop them in the chat um and if not no no great um so the next time we meet on wednesday which is so soon comparatively uh we will be talking about lodge 41 season one episode Lodge 41 wait 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 lodge 49 sorry uh (laughs) prequel 49 season one episode nine apogee i can see why that was confusing apogee Um, apogee which is what does apogee mean again it's a um, math term it is either sort of like the pinnacle of achievement like mm-hmm. uh like the white house is the apogee of american politics um 
or it's uh, the point at which I looked this up because I knew one of you was going to ask, or it's the point at which a celestial body is as far as possible from the earth. Um, From their orbits. Like, yeah, that's right. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. The orbit thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't remember that. I Googled it just now. Oh, okay. I was about to be very impressed, Kate. So yeah, I was like, like, you're like, that's a math thing. I was like, that sounds right. It's definitely a sciencey math is something. Something. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So uh hmm. Well, if this was some of the other shows we've been doing, if this was uh Korra or Avatar, we would need them to have like apogee would mean like their furthest point from the goals and the victory that we are hoping for, because then in the finale they would save the day. Like just when things looked at their very lowest. They would be, you know, turn things around and yay. And that's not this show. So <laughs> therefore, I don't know. Because uh, that's what I would anticipate. But we're coming from such a high. So maybe, um, maybe, maybe they mean apogee as in the height. And then they're just going to crash on back down for the finale. That's what I was thinking was that within the confines of this episode, Given the fact that everyone seems, based on this episode that we're finishing up discussing something from nothing, um, that we're going to end, a number of our characters are going to end up further away than where they started from their goals. Um, it's not going to be a reset. It's going to be a, you also end up going to jail. You do not, you go to directly to jail. You do not pass code and collect $200. You just go directly to jail kind of deal. Yeah, you, you cleared the board, but yet you ended up in jail until you roll doubles. Um, so that's where I'm thinking like this ends up is everything ends up crashing and burning in this episode. Um, and everyone ends up not even in a reset, but in like, a point one version as opposed to a 1.0 version I just, of their lives. <laughs> I just had a horrible thought. What if Dud does something to like get banned from the donut shop? They can't ban him from the donut shop. They feel too guilty about what they said about Liz. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm trying to think of like what could they take away from Dud besides his car? And this is all that's all his own doing. It's like, yeah. well, if he didn't have his hangout at the donut shop, that would be really sad. And I was like, wait, why'd you think that? Now it's gonna happen. Well, so. he does have keys to the lodge. Well, unless they change the locks. Which yeah, but they're... bankruptcy pending. They might bankruptcy yeah. pending is gonna happen anyway. Um, so, yeah. I don't remember um, <laughs> a lot of stuff it's it's not it's the it's the like feelings and images show like mm-hmm. the sure. plot is very twisty but it's not why we're here so i there are things i just don't remember um but i know i hadn't thought of this before um what what apogee made me think of was the parabola right mm-hmm. so like um and and whatever it the hell's going on in the omni basement and what they're going to do after that right, the sub basement sure. the sub basement's mm-hmm. sub basement um whatever that is so th- that's my i can't really remember this <laughs> it's God. that we'll watch some piece of equipment <coughs> again. Um, uh, marcus says i'm totally going to be waiting for lodge 41 to appear now and predicts that things will look good and then the other shoe will drop at the end of the episode about the scam so that's okay. marcus's guess solid prediction but Lodge forty nine, Lodge forty one's not going to appear. No, that's definitely because it was forty nine, and then Apogee season one, and then episode yeah. nine, and I just yeah. 
But now, now I want Lodge 41 to appear. Where, where is Lodge 41 located? Let's rank the possible okay. locations. <laughs> I gotta edit this, guys. I gotta edit this. So we're wrapping it up. No <laughs> ranking today. We will be sure to fit in a ranking on Wednesday when we return to talk about Lodge 49, Season 1, Episode 9, Apogee. Uh, Best ways to use a harpoon gun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doing that one. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah, thank you, Marcus.